Free love. What up, everyone? Welcome back. This is the Free Love Podcast, episode number two. We are your hosts. My name is Vibrock. How's everybody doing? My name's Cass. And today we got a special guest. My man, my brother, our brother, DJ Ghana. Say what's up, yo. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, He's, you can actually call me Justin, though. Word, Justin. You know what I'm saying? We, would you like to be addressed as such? Yes. All right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I wrote graffiti. <laughs> On the bus. For sure. Shout outs. Shout outs. <laughs> Straight hip hop. You know how like you know how we, we can't like leave us in the room together exactly. alone, bro. <laughs> you know what, what were we talking about? Oh, I forgot who we were having a discussion like this with, but we would never be able to be on Family Feud because oh. once we'd get into a <laughs> huddle so, and discuss the we'll answer, we just stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Just stop the show. You know how they, uh, on the show, they would like uh, do the family huddle. Yeah, it would be there so long because we wouldn't even make it to the fucking. No, I mean, it would be like in a cipher and shit. (laughs) Just like Steve Harvey, like what the hell going on over there? Oh, he wouldn't even make it even better. He would make it even better because he'd be like trying to get in there. (laughs) But yeah, 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 we got our man DJ Ghana here. He's gonna be with us throughout the whole entire show. We're gonna actually do an interview with him. Get to pick his brain for a little bit. He has a lot of good stuff coming up for y'all. And we'll get into that. Yeah, you got my whole sure. lifetime documentary. <laughs> but um, interesting week. Today is a Monday post-Super Bowl, post-Warriors versus OKC. And we're going to give our little thoughts about, you know, um, the games that, that just happened. Cats? Our KD um, has hobbies. <laughs> KD has <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> I mean, Katie, yeah. I want to see what those pictures turned out. Katie, but actually, no, he already yeah, posted. Yeah, yeah, he posted the article. Those really, his pictures. Though. I would like I to believe so. so. I would like <laughs> to no, because so. Players Tribune—they're the ones that invited Katie to. Mm. Make oh, because they knew he was like a photographer. Yeah. I don't know if he was a photographer. <laughs> um, like you said, he has they, hobbies. <laughs> the reason why he want, he took photos was because so he could post an article about it mm. on the Players Tribune. Like they're oh. the ones that invited him. To go to the Super Bowl to take pictures. Was that because they knew that he that that's like a hobby of his? I mean, if it if he if that was a hobby of his, I, I had no uh, idea. <laughs> I seen like the funniest meme from that. It was like uh, Katie looking at his photos, and it was like a series on Twitter. So it was like Hell it was like one was all like like zoomed in, held like on an awkward ass angle, and then one was like hella like blurry and shit. <laughs> like he didn't do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> like none of them were usable. Like don't quit your day job type shit. Then they had another one with Curry, uh, like it was like him, like next to his girl. Mm-hmm. You see that one? Nah. nah, nah. <laughs> was it the one where uh, he looks hella confused and he's, he's like, like hey, "Is this the, is yeah, it the Kevin? Is... We're taking pictures right now." <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's the one. Yeah, he was wearing the Panther jersey. Yeah. Speaking about the Panthers, man. I mean, not to beat on his own dream. <laughs> we'll get into <laughs> that, that little part. Fuck, but man, going into the game, the favorite was Carolina to take it all the way. Why is? Why do you think Carolina was so like? Well, because they they the, they went through a fifteen and one season. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, you know, they were the team with momentum, and you have the the broken down. Old quarterback on the other side. Who are you Manny. guys going for, personally? I I really had no horse in the race. To be honest, I wish both of them lost. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah, I do not watch the NFL at all. At all but yeah. if I if someone asked me or like forced me to choose a team, I probably would have just been the Panthers on the fact that they had like a good season. Season, yeah. I don't really. Again, I don't really watch football. But I do you like, watch the Niners? You don't watch the Niners? No, not like at all. 
I never got into football. And it's crazy because the high school I went to was like the biggest like De La Salle. High school football. What makes they it went so under, good? Well, they have you. They made a movie off of his high school, man. What movie was it? Uh, what was it when called? When the game stands tall, I think. They went undefeated for how long? Damn near ten years. <sighs> oh damn! Shouts to that coach. <laughs> yeah, we our streak was from when George Bush was president to George W. Bush. Yeah, it was a pretty and like it was a thing when we, when I was in high school, like they were untouchable. I mean, they were untouchable because they were undefeated for that long, you know. So it was pretty crazy, but yeah, back to the Super Bowl game. Yeah, man, like it was overall <clears throat> not much of an offensive, like very defensive, very defensive. A lot of sloppy, sloppy plays. Um, I think the overall thing at the end of the day, people will hold over Cam's head. It's the fact that he didn't die for that fumble at the end. Right, right. It's he like, like dove the other way. He didn't even dive. Like he took a step like the opposite direction. Yeah, like, it was like weird. You know? Yeah, and and I guess in his in his defense or other people's defense for him, he's a quarterback. He shouldn't be taking that much hits to begin with. He might hinder his hand. But this is, I mean, honestly, you know what it could have been though? It could have been bodies recovering the ball, so he could have been stepping to, to, to try to look for where the ball was at. But, possibly, you know, he, but I mean, this is like there's there's no tomorrow. You know, this is the big game. I mean, there's no tomorrow, right? Like, this is the biggest game of your entire career. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you just stood there and looked, not even getting to the little pile, so, I don't know. I mean, that says a lot about you as a as a, 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 a performer. Performer and a pro athlete. Like, right. this is the main goal, and you're not trying to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to at least edge out the win, you know what I mean? So, I mean... That's he the big was thing. That's pressured the whole night, though. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. the first touchdown for uh, Broncos was off of a sack fumble, right? Right onto the, you know, to the touchdown. But overall, whatever game, I think the cool part about the game was the halftime show. Right, right. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, messages said in the halftime show mm-hmm. with Coldplay representing the um, the LGBT community, uh, Beyonce representing, you know. Black History Month and uh, having her dancers dressed up as uh, um, the Black, Black Panther Party, um, Bruno Mars, Little Oats, uh, you know, um, Oakland's very own MC Hammer with his, uh, you know, get up and perform. It was the overall cool MC Hammer just still finds ways to be relevant. Relevant, I mean. right? Like, I mean, even until now. Like, I mean, he'll be at the games and, you know, <laughs> at the Warriors games and they'll always show him. He really got on the remix for It's Getting Hot. And that song was popping. How did he get on that remix? The team? Do you think the team reached out to him? I mean, Bay Area Legend, how could you not, you know? Jesus. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, whatever Super Bowl, like I said, I had no horses in the race. I really wish the Niners would have went, especially the fact that it was here. But... Enough of the Super Bowl. Back to the real game that me, Agana, and Cass have in mind was the Warriors versus OKC. And man. Honestly, real shit. This is y'all. You didn't see it? This is y'all conversation. Oh, for sure. Warriors versus OKC. And as advertised, it was a back and forth. Did not disappoint at all. Did not disappoint at all. No one has an excuse for the Warriors. Because you know how in the beginning of the season, everyone thought the Warriors had an easy schedule because they didn't play the Spurs that early. Early, OKC, the Bulls, the 
etc etc yeah we've beaten all the top tier teams already and that's the thing the, uh, and OKC we're what 46 last. and 4 now 46 and 4 OKC was kind of like the last of the of the, the yeah. group uh huh uh, you know the potential. But now it's like, oh, wait till you wait till the Warriors play the Spurs in San Antonio with Tim Duncan, with a healthy Tim Duncan. Oh, wait till Warriors go to. And AKC. wait till the Warriors play three OKC. on five, cause I know you guys are not like Lakers fans and shit, but did you see the, what the the Spurs did for for Kobe? Oh, that yeah. uh, tribute video. Yeah, that was mad. Uh, Emotional. Mad respectable. <laughs> well, what, I mean, like, okay. So, what do you what do you guys think about that every game, like every every last game? That hey, man, he Kobe, deserves each. No, he definitely he deserves gets. it. But do you think um, overkill a little bit or no? No, I don't think so. It's I think it's all the last well game that he's gonna play there, like yeah, like, where he doesn't like come back and shit, like you know. Yeah, especially be, like, the Spurs because yeah. yeah. the Warriors. Rival, I mean, rival, Warriors. Yeah. Lakers and the Spurs have had yeah, that he history. Had, like, Geno- they Ever like, since exactly. in, uh, early 2000s. Parker, like, mm-hmm. yeah. the, fr- the Froby days. Yeah. Tim Duncan right. was on that video, huh? Or he was, uh, I forget. I don't know. No, he was, man. Kobe and say, Duncan, Duncan have been, like, at it for yeah. uh, Well deserved, yeah. For sure. Yeah, respectable. Shout out to yeah. Kobe, man. If you ever hear this, we love you. <laughs> Shout out to the story you know career. But uh, back to the game. So the marquee la- uh, matchup of the OKC and the Warriors game was definitely the point guard position. Uh, Steph Curry versus uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, no. Curry was on Westbrook in the beginning, actually. Usually, um, I know when Mark Jackson was still the coach, he just, already from the get-go, have a cross matchup with Clay on yeah, their best yeah. point guard. And I remember Curry saying in couple of interviews that he felt that that was kind of disrespect he felt disrespected because he didn't have his chance to like prove himself that he can defend like more aggressive more aggressive like um, offensive players and, and, and it, it did kind of show because yeah. the the, the, um, the they made a switch but it's like who can guard Westbrook well, that's the thing he's just too explosive you know I mean yeah I, at the same, you know, we like to give Steph the credit of being that small point guard hey, with the fine odds, but at the same time, when you have someone explosive like Westbrook yeah. blown by everybody, yeah, it's kind of hard to put anyone on him. Yeah. What's the name of that guy that does the impressions on Vine? The one that did the Westbrook one? Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It was like B dot something. I saw him, oh uh, yeah, I saw him at this uh, this celebrity All Star game this weekend. Yeah, I was actually shooting it. Yeah. Oh, here in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, oh, was, oh, uh, was uh, Kenny was uh, Kenny Dobbs. Uh, Kenny Dobbs, Sage, <laughs> the, Sage the Gemini. <laughs> Shout out to Kenny Dobbs. Yeah, Mr. Cool Fab was the um, he was the, the team captain of one team. Yeah, yeah. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I got footage of this fool freaking like throwing this pretty crazy like like pass when he was driving to the, to go for a layup, but he like passed it at the last second. Who? Who? Mr. Fab. He was oh he was playing yeah he was playing. oh oh shit and I was tripping because but he, you know Mr. Fab's not like yeah he's not the most slender. athletic <laughs> athletic looking uh, person and I was like he passed it was like a perfect pass to the homie but like the dude slipped it slipped out of his hand wow. and this is like that it was, was like moment. it was tied eighty it was like tied eighty and it was just like Man, this would have no defense <laughs> well this is a celebrity basketball yeah yeah, yeah like, that's crazy that's how you get kicked out the club. <laughs> Dropping passes, man. But um, overall, what you think about that game? Uh, as far as it being a catalyst, yeah, to it was go, a marquee matchup between two top tier Western teams, and it's always good to see. You rarely have a team 
head up against another team with that much star power on both sides. Yeah. So it was kind of just the better offensive <coughs> team rather than the better defensive team. It was just offense on offense yeah. the whole game. Straight up like a pickup game. Um, Kate, speaking about KD earlier, KD went off. He had a, like a 40-something. Yeah, for, uh, cool little 40-piece for sure. And uh, we were talking about this earlier in the car. And, um, you know, we were saying that how he always goes off, somehow go off. I mean, it's KD. He's going to get his numbers regardless. But I brought up the idea of... Um, that being a little audition or a little you know like hey I'm here yeah lawyers look at me next year I got no home what do you think what's your thoughts on that real quick as far as am I for or against KD coming to the Warriors Shit, I'm for it, bro. For it? Hell yeah! There's a lot of people. There's okay. A lot of the, people out there okay, so the counter broke. Well, yeah. it's not broke. Fix it. So, so it's not even going to be a trade. It's gonna. He's a free agent, yeah, so he could sign yeah, to yeah. whoever has the space for him. There's there's a, that you know the theory of if it's not broke, don't fix it. And then so there's don't been there's been rumors saying that the Warriors are the front runner to landing KD next summer. Yeah. And then the downside of that, Monsters. which is That's who are, who would we have to clear space, exactly. or who would we have to get rid of? Off the bat, we'd have to get rid of Harrison Barnes, which, which is, is the most I think the most uh, the thing that's going to hurt us the most, or yeah. like the painful, the most painful to get you know to yeah. So I mean it. I guess it all really depends on, say the Warriors repeat this year. Is Katie really wanna gonna be like, oh shit, they won their second ring? Should yeah, be about this? Like, that would be a it kind of be a bad look, right? I, I mean, I mean, you'd be on that LeBron level, you know? Like, I think the whole thing with LeBron is because he made a, a huge entire deal of his his trade or like his move to yeah. Miami. So I think the backlash was a lot of of you know that part rather than him you know trying to go to another team and chasing a ring I mean because at the end of the day that's what you're there for right I mean it's yeah you would want loyalty from your players but it's a business moves need to be made just in general can you imagine LeBron has been in the finals for the past what six years five years yeah yeah ever since he went to uh, Miami Miami, the first year I mean and a little bit of uh, Cleveland before that Finals, you know? Oh, yeah, 09. Yeah, so, I mean... Or, no, not 09. Wait, did he go to the... He... Oh, he lost... They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals yeah, to Eastern Orlando. Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. Where, uh, is that the one where he know. kind of gave up? I don't know if he gave up. Or, like, where he was being no. criticized about giving Shit, up. Shit, I, I was just... Man, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> Damn. But, yeah, man, um... I mean... Chemistry-wise, it, we have it locked down, you know? Adding another piece to the uh, to the you know overall picture. I don't know. It, it could or can't. We wouldn't know until it happens, right? That's the thing. It, you never know. It's all about a bunch of what ifs and um, and uh, a bunch of assumptions. But I think that would be a monster squad. If if not already, the Warriors have a monster squad to begin with. Begin For with. sure. Yeah. So that small we'll ball see. lineup with <laughs> KD, Draymond, Clay Curry. Ridiculous, and then you have cats coming off of the bench, yeah. providing shout outs to Mo Space finding his uh, legs. Shout outs to B Rush, Terrence like, Howard, bro. <laughs> he's been showing up, right? Like when That's my uh, boy Terrence Howard, man. When when Barnes was down, he mm-hmm. showed up. Next man B-Rush. mentality, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the Warriors is a team. It's a team. That's the thing. Not like 
And if you add, like, they didn't add too much this season. They took off. They, they got rid of David Lee, Justin. Hey, to all you non-Warrior fans there, thanks for sticking with us right now. You know, we just got to get it in right <laughs> get quick. Get it in right quick. <laughs> yeah, he has been talking about Thor. No. <laughs> get it in. Well, I mean, you know, this is a part of, like, trying to find out who Justin is. <laughs> He's a big Warriors fan, but, uh, yeah. But uh, we're going to move on. Um I mean, we definitely want to, like, you know, holler at, like, the, the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, you know, this is, like, a kind of a... It'll be cool to have, like, to make it real local, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's what all up in the air. That's all up in the air for, like, the stadium and stuff to be here in the San Francisco, but I don't know. They should do the All-Star Weekend, you know. You that's know. what I'm saying. They have all this, you know, pops, popping circumstance for the NFL and having, you know, Super Bowl City and whatnot. Bring back the, uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend here. On some real shit, I'm just glad the Warriors won a ring when Obama was still president. Because that <laughs> yeah. speech was amazing. That, oh. Imagine, like, <laughs> like Hillary Clinton or, like, Donald Trump knowing, just doing the presidential speech. Nothing, yeah, oh about, yeah. nothing about. Nothing yeah. about. And his little jab, you know, um, having the one of the greatest uh, oh, speakers, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr's in the building. I'm like, these guys. He knows his Obama shit, man. Is Chicago I don't think heart. we'll ever have a more cool president yeah. than Barack Obama. <laughs> Definitely that. Uh, Me. <laughs> Cash the president, yo. I'm for it. No, I'm just <laughs> Hey, yo, first thing. First thing. We gonna make weed legal like her wear, <laughs> all right? That's coming. That's coming. That's real soon. That's real soon. But uh, yeah, man, let's uh, let's get into this little interview we got here. My man DJ Ghana. He's our brother. We've known him for about five, six years now. I would like what to say. What was the first mix that you heard? Uh, first mix uh, that I heard. I what was the? Um, I'm sorry that I don't know the names. But you the good? One you good? You were had uh, on a train track. Oh! What's that one called? What was that one called? We- Weekend Soul? Yeah. <laughs> Weekend Soul. Yeah. You had your hieroglyphics. Uh, I had the 93 Till, 93 the throwback Adapt, throwback Adapt collab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the first one I heard. The first one I listened to after you did the visual, the, the, the cover art for After Hours. I went back and checked your catalog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it looked hip hop. It's crazy. Hey, we, <laughs> sh- we shot the after hours in this room. cover in this room, in this room. Man. like yeah. right there. Hey, bro, you missing some? You missing some uh, some mixes on here, bro? Because the first mix on mix crate. Yeah. Which one? I don't know. The menu I didn't add a couple because I feel like uh, they didn't represent me well, <laughs> and I just felt like I, I said if I got enough feedback from people that wanted the, me to put them on there yeah. i would because there's this one because uh, the, the the first time i heard about, uh, about ghana was uh, i think it was through jeff burnett and he because it was like um, yeah 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 he was like he was talking about how someone put him on a mix mm-hmm. yeah but that was, was uh, but he put a remix which happened to be esther okay yeah, yeah. yeah. we and can what, we can get into that that's a, that's a good story yeah that's what's the name what of that mix uh, a mix that is chill. Oh yeah, no, yeah that's See, crazy, dude, man. that was that's the first DJ. That was, that a, was the for, very, for you. That's yeah, the okay. okay cool. You want yeah. me to just? I could just explain that whole story right now. Yes, that yeah. was that's a great story. So when I first started getting serious with DJing, mm-hmm. I um, I mean, well, at first I started doing like house parties with my cousins uh, around like Hercules. Like, just the East Bay area and shit. Like, I would do school dances with them. And I was never really... 
spinning with them per se. I was just helping them set up and I just kind of was just in the background observing like how it all went down. Sure. But I mean, naturally, I, I've always wanted to get into DJing because I've always been into music and hip hop. So, I mean, after a while, I just started like fucking around on the on their sets, like before the party and after the parties, just like practicing on my own or just like messing around. Did you have any like uh, musical backgrounds prior to like touching turntables? Um, I mean, well, yeah. So I first started playing the piano and like. So, and so music's been a part of. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it's 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 pretty cool. My mom was the one that put me on to people like Lauren Hill and Montel Jordan. Word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, she. Uh, for that's those of you that know my mom, mom <laughs> she um, isn't like a traditional. Filipino parent old school she she moved here she moved to the states in like second or third grade and she grew up in the city like the hood like Visitation Valley oh shout out to the brick homes man (laughs) shout out to Visitation Valley she went to middle school in Visitation Valley she lived in Geneva but she went to school in Visitation Valley and then eventually she she got a grown woman on at Lowell High School and then went to SF State but yeah, so she grew up Americanized. It's all so. the intellectuals went to level. So, <laughs> so if you know you, if you went to Visitation Valley, you went to school with a bunch of like hoods. Especially around that time, because it was, I mean, as time progressed, it got less and less uh, crime ridden I guess uh-huh. you know. So it back then, it's, I'm pretty sure it was pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hella rough. But Wait, um, what? Which for about what? When you, when your like, mom went to uh, this. Oh. Like, uh... Early 70s? Early 70s, yes. Early mid-70s? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I can't, I can't imagine what San Francisco was like in the 70s. Yeah, because, I mean, you gotta imagine the 70s to the 80s, and that was, like, the cocaine 80s, and, like, <laughs> yeah. just, like, a lot of drugs, and, like, all of I asked about my mom how it was growing up. She said all she was scared about was the Zodiac finding her. <laughs> Oh, snap. Wait, that was around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was real. Yo, that's crazy. But that was, um, that was like the summer of uh, something like No, like the 60s and 70s yeah. for sure. Uh, wasn't that, like, there was like a, a, a specific summer that he was like doing his thing? Oh, I don't, yeah. As, I don't yeah, know. But scared. she was just like, hella scared of this. Yeah. Well, that crazy. was a real thing, though. Because it, it was yeah. a woman that yeah. he targeted. Yeah, that's crazy. So your mom put you up on, you know. Yeah, Lauren Hill, Montel Jordan. So that's how I got developed my taste from. And then I grew up. So I'm born 91 and I'm 24 now. So growing up, you know, that was when like Napster started. (laughs) Oh, shit. So I was was put onto Napster hella early. Yeah. So I was always, I started downloading music when I was in third grade. Tying up the phone line. (laughs) No, I wasn't. Nah, man. <laughs> we we were living. My dad was working for. My dad's a network consultant, also, so he, he has works for. He has oh, that. Yeah, we had the, the super exclusive, exclusive yeah, internet, man. like high security and all that. Because he works mean. for Cisco Systems now, oh, which is like one of the more prominent networking companies. So, so I mean, we always had internet. Like yeah, we had it like that. Yeah, you know, had it like, like that. He was like the first <laughs> on the block. Like, oh, you ain't got this yet. Yeah. You so ain't gonna your, get it for years. So <laughs> on your aim, you're like, hey, instant sign on. Cause you know what I'm saying? like he was the only one on aim <laughs> <laughs> ever. Like, hey, so but yeah, I started downloading music from when I was in third grade, and then started developing my taste. So we had, I had the internet, which was starting to get more and more traction with like music being put onto the internet. Yeah. I also had, you know, like MTV and BET and all that. Yeah. 
And then I had was that CMC. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, thankfully, I still grew up in the time where we discovered music through like word of mouth. So I had a lot of friends of mine in elementary and middle school, and we just grew up talking about music. And would then, you guys like uh, trade CDs? Hell yeah, tapes? dude! I remember what, I put, uh, I, I put all still? my I put all my no, no CDs were definitely. CDs, yeah, okay. a well, you thing. know, what was the shit back then was. Uh, Burning a CD with all your like your favorite. Oh songs. yeah, like straight mixtapes. Like those, those are like strange, crazy yeah. back. Like when you burn your own CD. Yup. Oh man, I burned so many CDs for the homies. <laughs> the show, the show. I was making mixtapes before I knew they were called mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> so I shit would have like the most random like bands and like genres. And, and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it, though, right? Because yeah. you I used to have skits. I throw in skits <laughs> from other skits. albums like <laughs> as the <laughs> intro track. Hey man, yeah. that's like the genesis of like what you would later on do in your DJ mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, man, man domino effect. Right, hey, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for, for real. wow, that's crazy. So, your mom gave you your musical influence early uh-huh. earlier in life. You played the piano. Did it, playing the piano have any like? Was it a thing that you just mom was like, oh, you play the piano? Or was that something no, that I, like, they try to get. To they try to do that with my sister, oh, okay. but it wasn't happening. So they didn't even bother with me. But little. I was the one that was into the, yeah, yeah. the music background. Yeah. Um, no, but I was always fascinated by uh, music growing up. Like my parents, every morning they would slap music while they got ready. Yeah. So they were just always playing different, different shit. That's what's up. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's like low key. Like, not only does it build taste, it kind of builds like type of person that you will be. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Because like the the music or the environment that you grow up in, it, like later dictates mm-hmm. who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, any piano anything else uh, and uh, I picked up the guitar in high school guitar. nice so I mean actually it's funny like I didn't really get into producing yeah. after that but I got I've always wanted to be a DJ mainly because I wanted to learn how to scratch I always yeah. thought scratching was the toughest shit dude and, and that's kind of like that's kind of a, a you know we were talking about our you know our age gap yeah and for me and Cass like that was when we were growing up the era of hip hop like the, the, the early 90s Scratching was like an actual thing that people wanted to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like especially mm-hmm. growing up for me here in the Bay Area near Daly City where mm-hmm. you know Hubert and all the you oh, know yeah. mm-hmm. DJs came from, that was kind of the thing. We really didn't I well me, I wasn't really into the mixing part of the yeah. you know, DJing. Mm-hmm. So hearing that from you and you're I guess <laughs> we're like five, six years apart, that's pretty cool that it still had like it's uh, uh, staying power uh-huh. in, in, in the hip hop. So, what were your kind of influences when it came to seeing DJing? Um, it was mostly. I think I developed an affinity for oh, okay. for DJing when um, I would go to school every day listening to the radio and just listening to DJs like um, like Mind Motion and Chewy Gomez and uh, who else. No, it was definitely Mind Motion and Chewy Gomez. Yeah, on sure. 106 and then 102.5. The, the live mixes online. Yeah, and, and just hearing those scratch transitions they played between tracks and just... The thought of mixing two songs together was like a pretty cool idea to me. Or a pretty cool like invention. Quote yeah. unquote invention. The way they just blend together. Yeah, and I was just always like into that. And then... Because it was kind of like when you heard it on the radio, you did, it was seamless. Yeah. Right, and you would like I thought it was all pre-recorded, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, later to find out. Yeah, and then yeah, so not only that, I just hold, I thought like as a young kid, like the persona of being a DJ was like pretty, 
just pretty cool, pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, D- like I always thought DJs were I mean, just like... That's almost, like, unattainable, like... Yeah. You're just, like... Just everything like, surrounding me and DJ was just, like, appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Just, like, not just DJing itself, but, like, the whole swagger about it. Yeah, yeah. And the whole, just, like, knowledge about it. Just well, like, knowing I mean, your shit. Going into, like, like say, a party or, like, you know, a cotillion or whatever. That's, like, yeah. the first thing mm-hmm. that you notice. Yeah, exactly. First thing you hear over you know the monitors and the first thing you see in the mm-hmm. middle of the room mm-hmm. is a dj so you know we're going to one like an adidas store or something there's a dj spin yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, the, the tightest thing <laughs> so you say that you you got your influence from your your friends as far as like friends and family into, for sure into dj around that time were there crews going around like dj crews like my age no Dude, my way. age it was all about the club scene for sure okay there wasn't like um, cats battling each other. No, like there was that. definitely. I didn't know any DJs my South age growing up were just yeah. like about that's some old school like shit. calling other crews out. Nah, yeah, that's yeah. some like, wild like, style uh, shit. Unlike um, like competing in like DMC or ITF. No, I didn't that. have. I, I wish I had friends like that. I think yeah. I was like more of a SoCal. Well, well, no, I lied. Uh, definitely lot. in the Bay Area growing up, we still had Invisible Scratch Pickles and yeah. all them that were they just also about had party it. Party crews too. Yeah, which are a little bit different than. Those are still going around now. Yeah, party I think there. my age was the transition into the whole Serato area. When it, once high school hit for me, but like just the whole like digging in the crate type vibe, kind of just passing. Yeah, passing. And that's what I want to kind of touch on because you know, like I said, the uh, the gap between us. <laughs> you know what? I never finished my story about that a mix that is chill, but it's cool. Yeah, no, we're gonna get back to that. We're gonna circle back around because you know later on we're gonna. How we all met together, uh, met each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. So, you mentioned Serato. Us, we, you know, it was strictly vinyl because that's all we had. We had to go, you okay. know, the stores big and pick out the... Yeah, maybe I should explain what Serato is for, for yeah, people. Yeah, go ahead and explain that first. So, okay, traditional DJ back in the day, basically, just had to bring crates and crates of actual vinyls that they had to use for their gigs. Nowadays, um, everything was... Uh, Everything runs off a laptop, pretty much, uh, through this program called Serato, where you can still use actual turntables, but you can connect your laptop to the turntables, basically, and then you can basically have your own iTunes library acting as the vinyls that are provided to you by Serato. So so pretty much you have thousands and thousands of electronic, quote-unquote, crates of your whole iTunes library, and you can use that shit on your sets to lug around big ass crates yeah so I mean people so there's there's pros and cons to that people think that kind of just dissolve the culture surrounding just like digging for own music but at the other the other end of that is just it's just technology yeah you can't convenience yeah exactly convenience you can't yeah. like possibly you can, you can carry way more records you know, yeah I mean I understand the culture as long as you pay respect to it for sure yeah. But you can't always live in the past. Well, that's like, the good thing about using Serato because you're still using like a turntable. Mm-hmm. Versus, you try to keep it as real as possible. Yeah. Wait, uh, first generation Serato user. Scratch Live. Like, were Scratch you, like, Live. When it sure. first came out. Uh, when it first, um, like, I started. Well, so I first started DJing. Oh wait, I don't know when Serato first like mm. became. It started. What it became. A, I forgot the name of it, but. It but was, I mean, it was. They were definitely using Serato in 08. Yeah. For sure. So, okay, so started around 08 using Serato. Um, what was, I guess, 
the regimen for you? What would you like? Would you wake up, go to school, come back after school, get onto the turntables? Did you have turntables of your own? I didn't have turntables until my own um, until after high school, so that was after '09, okay. and then I started getting a little more serious with DJing. Mm-hmm. That's when I started recording mixtapes on Serato. Okay, but so this and, is all at your homie's house practicing and whatnot. Um, well, when I was DJing with my cousins and all that, it was all at their houses. Okay. But I never really had time to practice unless I was just going to a gig with them or something. Okay, but so it wasn't say- until I got my own set that I was really like, ooh, I could. I'm gonna try this. And would you say with the, you know, extensive, I don't know, extensive, but as much of musical background that you have, did you, were you able to pick up a little easier than most that, you know, that probably just started straight from, uh, you know, yeah, no, having a, uh, just a foundation of a musical background definitely yeah. helped with timing. Yeah. You have to have a lot of timing and rhythm right. when it comes to mixing. Yeah. Like even I don't know, and it doesn't always translate well from other um, artistic things that require rhythm. Like I know a lot of I mean, not every dancer can just become a DJ like that. Yeah. But I don't um, no for so I just always had. It was never really basically it was never really that hard for me to really like learn how to make songs. I just always had the rhythm for it. I guess I don't know. You say I was born with it or something. Was there a go to go to? Um, couple tracks that you would like practice constantly on because I know some people would just like practice well it was more um, just the type of songs not really the songs themselves but how they were going to be transitioned into Mm -hmm. so I mean technically like if you want to get into technical aspects of it I mean I would always practice the songs that had the 8 bar intro loops so those were easy to just transition or there was like a, a two bar loop so it was, the timing was a little different mm-hmm. or there was just for a track like say you want to just do a cold cut into a next track you could practice on something like This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan because you know it starts after he says This Is How We Do It but when you're trying to mix that in you have to count the bars before the beat drops on This Is How We Do It you know what I'm saying so it drops right in that slot yeah Kind of hard to explain, yeah, yeah. but I would just make sure my transitions were pretty versatile. And clean. Yeah. That's the most important. That's all cliche and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned that you had, uh, you thought the scratching part of DJ was dope. Um, how much of that was into your practice as far as... Like, oh, I'd always make sure I'd get a session in of scratching for sure. Okay. Um... A lot of people ask how I learned YouTube, bro. Oh, real and shit. And, and, and I didn't have videos, it. Man. I mean, around I had time, around the time of like what I had my this? yeah. I had people that knew how to scratch that would teach me the foundations and everything. Mm-hmm. But I was really like studying through YouTube. There were people that would post up tutorials, or I would just watch old school videos of Cubert yeah. and just just type in scratching yeah, on yeah. YouTube and just look up all the videos that DJs have uploaded on scratching. And, and we're gonna get back into, you know, like, I'm gonna ask you later on about the new culture of DJing now, but um, do you think scratching is, I mean, definitely a lost art, but as, as important in DJing, is, what do you think about it? Is it, like, needed? Or what, what's your thoughts on it now in 2016? Scratching has, <clears throat> my bad. Scratching, um, I feel like, has turned into 
kind of a novelty thing, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I guess it didn't really just translate well over the years and they age well to some people. Yeah. I personally think it's still pretty tight. Yeah, no. I mean, it's like controllers, you know. Yeah. Like, it's hard as fuck to Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely has something to do with technology advancing. Like, turntables just became extinct. Um, but I definitely think it's just more of a thing to make sure you at least recognize and respect because it was I mean the, it started at the lowest level yeah, yeah I mean like the history started with scratching or you know uh, um, you know like the loop of like breaks and you would have to like bring it back duplicate, and scratch, duplicate yeah exactly. and, um, oh, yeah, but I mean I definitely don't, I don't I'm not mad at people that aren't about scratching yeah it is what it is some people overdo it I feel like yeah you don't yeah, want to be that those, yeah. get off my lawn type of dude yeah. just be like what you know about hip hop? Oh, like back in the days, yeah. There's like the elitist, basically. Yeah. Everybody. Which is, what, I mean, which ain't, which ain't, you know, which isn't wrong, but yeah, you know, yeah. At the same time, there's like there's there's a time and place for it all, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> It's like KRS One comes out on stage, like, all right, bro, we get it, man, we get it. You love hip hop. <laughs> yeah, four pillars, man. We get it, man. Preach it to the choir, man. <laughs> so. Learning scratching, learning the mixing. Around 0809, you dropped your first mixtape. Uh, so I started just recording, not recording, but just messing around on my turntables. Once I got my own set, this mm-hmm. was like late 09. So this was what when was I. What was the first set? Or what was the set that you bought? Ooh, I had it was um, it was mostly a grad gift from my parents mm. from graduating high school, and um, so I had some technique. 1250s and then uh, those are the newer uh, yeah they're the new ones at the time they were cool yeah the black black joints real sad real sad Um, and then the mixer I had was a rain mixer damn you had some nice gear (laughs) yeah I really did though shout out to mom and pops but I made use of it for sure (laughs) for sure yeah they definitely um I don't want you guys to think I'm like like a spoiled ass kid. No, no, I definitely, definitely earned my he, shit. No, definitely. Yeah. No, he definitely masked up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out to mom and pops. Yeah, no, for sure. I I was never. I always made sure I I felt like I deserved the shit that I got. Yeah. I was never like super bratty story. about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Some people that definitely have gear like that. They don't. They don't like. Exactly. They just yeah, man. Play. I was an honor roll kid in high school. You know what I'm saying? I was a good kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You earned it, yeah, you definitely earned it. Yeah. You know, a lot of these cats feel entitled to, you know, especially nowadays when you see the DJs of today. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Justin knows about, like, all the, the influx of DJs that, yeah. that kind of popped up in the last couple of years. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. Whole other, <laughs> I mean, we can briefly touch on that. But, so, what was your first, Okay. I mean, your so, very, very first mix? So, like, 09 was when... Uh, uh, there was a blog called Tumblr that started gaining traction, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I felt like it was just a really good platform for just publishing. anything, just person like creative artwork, anything. Because you know, there's a reblog feature where they, where once they press reblog, that anyone's post can put on your own feed, and then your followers would see that, and they could just create this whole ripple effect. So. Around that time, I don't know who I started following, man, but... I kind of missed that era. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, before Tumblrity and shit. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Real ones, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe it was Jeff 
or Esta that I discovered first, but when I was recording, when I was just still messing around on the tables, I came across one of Jeff's songs. It was probably because like the whole, you know, that YouTube era and everything. I don't mean to put people in that box, but no, yeah. I mean, that's... No, no, definitely that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, like that whole YouTube craze when just artists were just like popping off and shit. Um, yeah, I, I really dug Jeff's music. I was like, oh shit, this is tight. Followed him on Tumblr. And then um, I think at the time he, he had that song, Doesn't Matter. Classic joint. Damn, classic, classic joint. Damn. <laughs> Jeff, you were real for that song. He produced that one too. Classic joint. Um, there was a guy named Esta that posted a remix of that song. And when he posted that remix, I thought that, no, in general, I thought that was just a really good remix. So I, I downloaded it and I decided to just record a tape for the hell of it. Because I was recording tapes, but I wasn't posting them anywhere. I would just give them to, like, name. Yeah, I found that it doesn't matter, Esther remix. And um, when I was, I decided to just really record something and post it up. So you, you discovered Jeff's original song yeah. first, then you came across the remix. You know what? Man, it was so long ago. Maybe I was already posting stuff on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Just like little, like five, six song mixes. Yeah. That my friends would just like at the time. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Like yeah, just to like, that, the Esther remix, you, it had to have been from Tumblr for sure. Yeah. And then, um, so I decided, okay, so I recorded this tape called A Mix That Is Chill. It had... Jeff's remix or S's remix of Jeff's doesn't matter different galaxies galaxies and a few other songs right and I posted it and you know what at the time I was just like you know maybe Jeff would appreciate this I I just like blindly sent it to him I was like yo I'm a big fan I just made this tape called Makes Us Chill and I included one of your songs on it um, and I didn't expect anything. I woke up the next morning with like hella fucking notifications and notes. I was like, oh shit, something popped off. Yeah, yeah. You reblogged it. Yeah. Basically, Jeff, uh, yeah, reblogged that shit. And then, um, Esther saw that too. So that's how me, Jeff, and Esther got connected. So you didn't and this know was, this was 2010. 2010. This was early 2010. Okay. So, long story short, we kept in touch, you know. You guys um, Oh yeah, that's well. well yeah, that's that's, later. that's crazy, right? That but, um, be- the, be- before the, that, the era of like, what was that chat? Um, oh, uh, Talkbox. Talkbox. Yeah, but before that, so I swear everybody knew about that trip. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was there. <laughs> play by play updates. Yeah. No. So yeah, we were just basically kept in touch because I mean. You guys know Jeff and S. Like, we're, at the end of the day, we're all hella, like, just huge-ass dorks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we just vibed off like that. Just, like, yeah. cracking jokes all the time. Just keeping Especially in touch Jeff. through Tumblr and AIM and Talkbox and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, that, I think I dropped a mix that is chill, like, January of 2010. Okay. And then in March, I dropped my, like, official tape called Weekend Soul. Weekend Soul. And, man, that mixtape was... That was just like my first like I'm gonna go hard with the mixtape yeah. Have like an actual Cover art with my face on it Like a whole track list and everything yeah. It was like well thought out actually Yeah it was actually pretty well thought out And yeah. I was only 18 Yeah You were the early adopter And to then like that the mixtape stuff man Yeah I Yeah man I was one of the First like people that really started posting Like actual mixtapes on Tumblr yeah. And that That just blew up man I, You know what I did To help that mix blow up 
I submitted it to all those like fuck yeah pages on Tumblr. <laughs> hey, those were the ones though, and because they had yeah, a lot of traction. Yeah, exa- that's the only reason why I did that. Yeah, that's the only reason why I did that. And so they, they just popped off, yo. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just started getting a lot of traction from that. And then, um, yeah, and then May, June, that's when we all just finally all linked up together. That, uh, yeah, uh, Jeff just... introduced me to all y'all. We went to SoCal after and met up with Esta and EP. And was that before or after uh, the, the trip to Reno? After, right after that oh, okay. Reno trip. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember the first time hearing about you was on Tumblr, but it wasn't for a mix that show. It was for the, uh, the Weekend Soul. Mm-hmm. I was like, man. Like, at the time, people... I don't, I don't remember what kind of... Uh, music source we were listening to back then uh-huh. I think it was just still iTunes getting loose tracks and the fact that you know someone had it a lot of people that were repo- reblogging it and just like man these are all the songs that I like Yeah, it's right here in front of me That that's mix. what like things are mixed together mixed well mm-hmm. and um, you know it drew me to you know your body your work or like you know the continuation of what you were going to do so that was my introduction to um Cass said earlier it was it was the mix that was mixed that was shown. It was yeah. Yeah. because yeah, it was Jeff that showed it to me, so it was like, Cool. So I yeah. told him you made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. And this was kind of around the time that um uh was it Tonight Means True Two? Yeah. That was uh, So I got in we me oh, okay. I got invited to that show. Yeah. Yeah, like May, end of May. So a couple months after Weekend Soul dropped, and then I did my first like live show in Reno with and linked up with all y'all. Oh, was that your first live show? Yeah. You you didn't do any like. Uh, well, I mean, of course I did those house parties and all yeah, those yeah. things beforehand, okay, but like an sure. actual show with my name on the bill and yeah. like had my own freaking lanyard with my name yeah. on that, like. <laughs> and at the time, you know, at, at the time that's like a very big thing. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, like you know, people here 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 you are. First show, you know, putting your name out there. That's a, like a very like um, giving thing. Like you're mm, that's the up first yourself. time I was ever recognized for yeah. just DJing. Like, like people you know, going like, up to me. Once you put something out on the internet, regardless of like whatever the medium is, you're opening yeah. yourself up to a lot of yeah, like criticism as well as like praise. Right? Dude, it even yeah. happened in so when we went to SoCal right afterwards. Yeah. Like we went to this. Michael Carrioni had a party at his house and his friends like knew who I was and that shit just like bugged me the fuck out that's like the first time that really ever happened of like being like people I did not know exactly yeah and I was just like what the fuck how did that feel like what was what was going through your mind like what when the show happened like it was just motivation pretty much I was just like damn people are like that's the you can always get feedback on Tumblr which is like a like or a reblog like, like this a, mix is dope uh, anonymous question yeah but then when you have someone in person going up to be like oh I heard that tape blah, blah, like that was a surreal feeling for sure it still trips me out when that happens man. Yeah. I just <laughs> someone tweeted me the other day like they saw me at Super Bowl City but they couldn't say hi because <laughs> I was too far away <laughs> I was just like damn people really think that's worth a tweet like to hey, say man. they like couldn't say hi to me that's yeah man good eyes <laughs> yeah. I, I know I'm not. I don't stand out or anything. Yeah. Else, and I, and I think that's what like you know why we're all still really close because I mean your personality is outside you know beyond DJs. You're a real chill guy, 
funny character. No, thanks, <laughs> man. Um, you know, um, have those qualities, and I think that helps a lot in the promotion of who you are. Um, Talking about the Twitter, like Twitter, I suppose Twitter. <laughs> What's that? Like, his, this dude's on social media is hella funny. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Like, when you put yourself out there on the internet, you have to kind of put, like, a, a, a persona. Yeah. But, like, you have to have this kind of, like, thing about you that presents. So, like, now that everything is towards social media, mm-hmm. what was your um, what was your technique to, like, get yourself out there? Was it, like, just being, you know, the funny I try to just be silly with it. Yeah. On all... On every mixtape that i've dropped mm-hmm. i've always like had as a zip file right yeah and in the folder i would Have just always include like yeah like a letter <laughs> yeah like yeah. not a lot of people know it but like actually someone hit me up the other day saying like yo i have all those like letters that you would write in your zip folders yeah. and i have them all saved and shit i'm like yeah that's tight and that's a, like dude like <laughs> that's I mean, a real one right there. prior prior to you doing that i i mean i haven't seen anyone like yeah so i tried to just be pro- i wanted it to just be more than just album art mp3 yeah like you can put so many things in there so i sometimes i would put like uh <laughs> just like really stupid shit yeah. i would put i would name the file this is a picture of an elephant you double click it it's a picture of a giraffe like just like stupid shit like that that only takes like five seconds to do and that actually adds a lot of personality to your taste dude exactly it garners clicks that's it what i'm saying interest. yeah and then people will post it on their tumblr like this was fucking funny yeah yeah so and like, that would get like likes and reblogs and shit like i had in one of my mixtapes i wrote a personal letter to asa akira if she ever <laughs> found that tape i had a, i already had a proposal written for her damn asa you you, uh, like, asa fuck, you fuck with it like that Back in the day, for sure. <laughs> oh, jeez. What about now? She looks a little too plastic for yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> but she's definitely funny. She's hella funny. Oh, a porn star in hell, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, what, yeah, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, we were it? talking about uh, after this show, uh, you know, the Disney trip. Um, you know what was a good mixtape? Uh, Breakfast with Justin. Ooh, I, really I, dropped, I dropped that right after the SoCal trip. That was a good mix. Right I after mean, the SoCal trip. Wordplay was on it, <laughs> but it was the song where uh, I wasn't on. Oh! <laughs> so, so, <you> know? <laughs> so, Ain't nobody trying to have breakfast with Justin, man. <laughs> yeah, we gotta holler at you about that, actually. <laughs> Six year beef, man. Yeah, you have some joints on there, though. Yeah, so like, what goes? What's your thought process into um, making a mix? Because a lot of like, we yeah, I've always wanted of, all my mixtapes to have some sort of concept, yeah, something creative. So with Breakfast with Justin, I just thought of like a Good Morning type of vibe where yeah. it's like it's a Saturday or Sunday morning. You just wake up, you you just having breakfast, you watching cartoons or something, or you just like need something to vibe to when you're on when you're just browsing the internet while you're having breakfast. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like a mix that would complement that mood. Right. And I just named it Breakfast with Justin. And I, I mean, that's a very, like, well thought out, which a lot of people, I mean, I guess... Conceptual. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just having the whole uh, package of this is where I want it to be, this is where I want my listeners to take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that Where does that come from? Where does that, uh, the thought process of, like, the strategy, what, like, do you have a background of, like... No, I just always, I've always just wanted, I just always had in the back of my mind to just be as, or not innovative, but like creative as possible, or just just 
always question how can you stand out from the rest. Like, there's so many mixtapes being made nowadays. Like even now with like the whole SoundCloud phase and everything, posting mixtapes and having radio shows is just it's a normal thing to do now. So you always have to like question yourself to how you can just kind of stand out. Um, but yeah, I mean, with I've, with my tapes, I've always tried to make it as non-random as possible. Just have a set theme. <laughs> And always have the songs to like. It's always fun thinking of songs that can complement whatever I'm trying to go for. Yeah. I, I, my personal favorite is After Hours. So that came out yeah. November of that same year, Two and I think that's the first tape that really popped off, and yo. Thing, like, a lot of, hey man, I'm just saying right now, sex sells, bro. <laughs> it does. I mean, it does. If really y'all does. know about that After Hours cover, man. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Vanessa, though. Who was the model? Her name was Vanessa. Oh, okay. Vanessa Ray. Uh, sh- oh. uh, sh- uh, shot in this exact room right here. A lot of history in this room, man. A lot of history. A lot of history, man. Oh, shit, um, that's that couch, right? That's that yeah. couch, man. Yeah, couch. Um, yeah, After so, Hours definitely really was my... Uh, that's the first tape that really popped off, yeah. man. I got, to, I still get love for that tape. That think, came out six years ago, and like man, damn near. Not only that, that was um. Let's correct me if I'm wrong, but you dropped it around the time that people had files. Or was that the tape that like a lot of people? Um, had? yeah, probably. Yeah, late so November. Think, yeah, so I think a lot of people like took that and used it as a little study mm-hmm. thing, which mm-hmm. is another smart move on your behalf. Dang, you got the NPC on there and shit. You know? Oh, that's tra- that was strategically <laughs> placed, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. look right above. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great um, mixtape. Uh-huh. I, I know that put me on to you even more. Because I know, like, soon after hearing, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, damn, forgot that album. Uh, the one where you're on the train tracks. Weekend Soul? Weekend Soul. Um, <clears throat> and Breakfast was Justin. Your popularity... I guess you could say your popularity uh, started growing more. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, did that change any of the direction of how you were going to do mixtapes? As far as like who you were trying to reach out to as a demographic? No, I never really had like a, a, a demographic. Like, I want to say that to these set of people or whatever. Yeah. But I just... You know, honestly, I just posted it on Tumblr. I just let the internet like take care of it. So mm, okay, that's what, pretty much. What you know, I, like, what I mean, going back, I definitely would have thought it would have been more strategic with it. But at the time, I was just really just recording mixtapes like, and posting them on Tumblr, and that shit would just get hella love. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean the reblog. I mean at, during this time, Tumblr was like. I think like, After Hours thing. was the first tape that was like well over like a thousand or two thousand notes. Shout out to that. Congratulations on that one, man. That was the one that put you on. Would you say, like... Yeah, because, honestly, it was the song selection on that tape, man. Yeah. Like, all those tracks, like, they don't... Those tracks didn't age at all. Like, I didn't put any, like, super poppy hits or whatever. But um, for people that haven't listened to After Hours, After Hours is basically, like, a, uh, a super chill, laid-back mix um, that you would listen to, um, like, late at night. Um, while you can just vibe out, you can probably just smoke a joint to it. Yeah. And I saw so I just had that super lightweight, trippy, laid back, a lot of R and B, a lot of uh 
like chill hip hop music, mm-hmm. including tracks such as uh, a lot of like fly look. I think I yeah I uh, started off with Jesse Boykin's flip of prototype. Oh yeah, that was. And then I went into um, a Jay Diller remix, and then I had Foreign Exchange on there. I had yeah. I had who else did I have? I had yeah I had a lot of Dilla. I had and that Neptune's chill, remix of By Your Side. I mean. Not only you could you like slap that one during nighttime, you could like throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that just really got a lot of love, man. I we mentioned that your first uh, actual DJ gig in front of like a crowd that wasn't your friends uh, was in 2010 at Tonight Means True too. Um, what other any other notable shows that you that you've done over the years? As far as like, uh, I guess um, getting your name out there. Well, the first show that I held, like, with a really high regard, was uh, me and my boy Justin, a.k.a. Azure. Shout out to Azure. He had a show at the Hieroglyphics HQ, because they oh, were throwing yeah, an yeah, event yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were throwing an event there in nice. Oakland at their headquarters, and he wanted me to uh, DJ for him. That's so I was like, yo... Cairo is like the group that really got me into hip hop in middle school. Yeah. Like that was pretty much the start of it all was Hyro. Yeah. And then to be asked to spin at their HQ. They were all in the crowd when we were when I was spinning. Crazy. That's crazy. I was spinning like for my idols, dude. Yeah. That's I mean that's nuts. I mean that's one of the things that you're gonna hold with yourself. So. Yeah. yeah. At their HQ, man. Yeah. It's crazy, like all them like dabbed me up afterwards and everything. That shit was crazy, it's, it's, man. It's something to like. It's it's one thing to get like props from like you know mm-hmm. a person that you don't know, but if a person that you know you personally affects your life, yeah, gives you the respect that you you know you show them, mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, one of those things that I guess life altering that could be yeah could be a thing. Um, that was crazy. That was a surreal moment. Um, other notable shows. Um, well, it wasn't really a show, but um, you know how I mentioned earlier that growing up, I would like walk into like stores like Adidas and always see Adidas yeah. spinning. I actually got when Adidas still had their flagship store on Telegraph in Berkeley. I got asked to spin there. Do you remember who asked you? Um, wasn't it you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shots laughs> to my boy. Yo, it's like. My boy Rob, my boy Rob. It was you. Yeah, my boy Rob, uh, Rob um, he was working as a manager over there, and he randomly puts up on Facebook, um, last minute, I need a DJ to come through and spin, you know, for uh, the store in Berkeley. I was like, shit, I know a guy. I know a guy that's available right now, and I hit up the brother, you know, Justin, and lo and behold, he does the show. Yeah, and that was cool, because it was just like, I've always wanted, at the time, like, it was just a, a full circle moment. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to be one of those guys behind the tables and just... At the store. store. And yeah. I was at the store and then people were just like... They're vibing and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So you like slowly like... Like knocking out re- these goals. Yeah, knocking out these goals, realizing your, your DJ dreams. Mm-hmm. What's the... um, What's... I guess, you know, the end game... Not the end game, but what what's your aspiration as far as a DJ? Like, is it to... I want to be able to... First of all, like get paid to travel mm-hmm. to do shows. 
And I want people to go to those shows because they see my name on the bill. It's always fun regardless. Just being and having an opportunity to to spin for someone or just being on like a festival and just knowing that the spot you're going to be at is going to be cracking. But to know that it's going to be cracking because your name is on the bill, that's a whole different story. When you can bring out your own crowd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I always have love for like all the homies that come out to my shows. But I feel like I'd make it once if there's like a room full of strangers that came out exactly. to the show because they saw my name on the bill. And that's the ultimate goal. Your friends are going to be there regardless. Oh yeah, for sure. And I feel like that is what I would aspire. It doesn't even matter where. It could be here, like in the Bay, just having people come out like that. Or, but, I mean, of course, being able to travel yeah. and just be like stable with DJ would be ideal. But, cool. Like, um, any uh, thoughts, uh, or not thoughts, but like any aspirations to do anything else in music as far as outside of DJ? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You already know, bro. I've been, I've been producing <laughs> on the low, low. I've been producing on the low, low. No, I recently, you know what? It was just one of those wake up calls. It's like, why haven't I started producing? And basically, I started producing. Yeah, yeah, man. On the super low, low, though. I haven't posted anything. I'm still. And we're going to play beat, sh- right? <laughs> <laughs> still learning the tricks and trades of it all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um,. It's definitely something I feel like that could add to uh, the personality of my mixtapes. Exactly. And and with, you know, interesting enough, you said the personality, you used the word personality. What do you feel separates you from now? There's like endless amounts of DJs. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone can grab the controller and, you know, make a mixtape out of nowhere. How do you separate in today's like 2016? How do you separate yourself from the pack of like, you know, those guys are getting paid thousands of dollars in Vegas and you know they have the criticism of just pressing a button. You know what I mean? What do you think? What's your thing or your you know your gig to like stand out and separate yourself from the pack? Hmm, that's a good question. Because um, I mean, it's definitely hard to stand out when you're at the end of the day playing a whole bunch of tracks that you necessarily didn't make yeah I mean um but honestly I just think about how I got to this point and it was just always having that free spirit attached to my mixtapes where it's like not super serious I mean they're like official releases and everything but I still kept it personal and relatable yeah so I've always just still, still stick with the concept with my tapes um, and just add some flavor to it. Like if you notice, I always add intros to my tapes. Yeah. Like yeah. skits, or I my favorite thing to do is add funny audio clips from my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Like As I've done, I've done a lot of movies. Movie. I've done like Rush Hour, yeah. uh, Next Friday, sure. The Wood. I always yeah. grab just funny audio clips for my tapes <laughs> and have it relate. A lot. And it shows a lot of your personality yeah. And it shows, you know yeah. But in general, just always With the product that you push out No, no matter what creative outlet Always kind of just ask yourself Before you really, like, release it mm-hmm. Like, how is this How can this stand out more? Like, what can I add? What can I take out? Always just kind of critique it um, 
But don't get it to the point where you're just becoming a perfectionist and just not end up putting anything out. Exactly. Um, a lot of people. But definitely, like, just I don't know, with how you market it, you could be creative with how you market it. You can be creative with that because a lot of people they could just. Um, it could get easy after a while once you develop a following to just post something and just yeah. not really promote it or anything. I still like to promote my tapes like a week or two before with like videos, like video teasers and just like hella flyers. And uh, with, with that said, perfect segue, mm-hmm. you're, anything that you're going to be working on or releasing? Yeah. Ooh, soon. okay. <laughs> Smooth ass you know, transition. Hey, you know, we're again. You know, a little used to this. I'm trying to work on this, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so this Saturday, February 13th, I have a new mixtape dropping out. It's going to be called Sweet Talk, but sweet as in penthouse sweet. Sweet talk, you know what nice, I'm saying? Nice. Play on Play words. On words, words, words uh, so that's going to be a Valentine's tape for sure. Um, for however, all, for all you lovebirds out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 for the lovebirds, but I'm, I'm not... Fly, if you listen to the tape, <laughs> if you listen to the tape, it's not going to be super simpy. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be love themed. Yeah. But I'm gonna try to keep it fresh. Again, try to keep it keep, creative keep, as keep possible. It you, keep it you. Don't want to. I mean, anyone can make a tape with pony and you know, and nobody Some like, like Keith no Sweat. Bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hella nineties, just like baby makers, which is fine. Which is fine. But you know, they're already out there. Yeah. Exactly. Again, so you always gotta see how you can be fresh with it. Yeah. Definitely put your spin and your so, personality. Yeah, it. that's coming out this Saturday. And then um, for all you Bay Area natives. Bay Area! <laughs> well, not natives. If you live in the Bay Area. <laughs> Just out here. I right? have a show February 12th. Nice. And that's also going to be Valentine's theme. So okay. you already know I'm going to hit them with all the classic yeah. throwbacks. I'm, I'm going to be out there. You're going to be out there. <laughs> But try to be out there. <laughs> you don't yeah. even have to be from the Bay. You can yeah. Just yeah. come through. Just come through, man. Come kick it with pull your boy. Up. Pull up. Yeah. And don't, and don't, don't. So that's, yeah. Be that's, scared to say hi. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> in Oakland. Yeah, that show's going to be in Oakland. Uh, you got an address for that? Or are we going to just... You know, just, I'll plug my social media yeah, thing. Th- you know th- what I'm th- saying? Throw uh, all your social media outlets out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, could, uh, you could follow me on Instagram at DJ Agana, A-G-A-N-A. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, 3Ds, so D-D-D-J-Agana. Someone has DJ Agana. It's not really? the other DJ Agana that you guys are thinking. It's like some guy from Russia. And it's like, I don't think it's DJ Agana. It's like Jagana. <laughs> but he doesn't even tweet. He does not tweet at all. It's just there. I need that handle. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. anyways, yeah. If, you want, if you're trying to come to that show, follow me on those links. I already posted the flyers and all that. IG the same thing. Oh yeah, I already plugged the IG. Uh, oh Snapchat, same Snapchat. thing. DJ yeah, Agana. Oh yeah, Mixcrate. DJ Agana. SoundCloud. I have one. I have a new one. That's right. a, that's still a sensitive subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we haven't uh, touched a lot, you know, in the span that we talk, and we're gonna definitely love to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On a, on a, a different show, but um, yeah, man, it's been a great talk with you. Getting yeah, to man. know you even more than yeah, we man. already have. Time flew by. I know we might need a part two though. <laughs> we, we can definitely do a part two. Yeah, we'll have, we might have you back with like an actual set or something new. Like, oh, for sure. If you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much obliged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as far as uh, shout outs, you have any shout outs to go to? You wanna? Shout you know out what? Shout outs to everyone that's just been rocking with me since 2010. Friends, family members, new fans, old fans. Hell yeah. 
you guys definitely keep motivating me. I, I still get tweets, freaking Tumblr messages, like <laughs> IG comments of people that just say, you know, I'm still rocking with you. I've been a fan since blah, blah, blah. And that shit just motivates me, man. It continues to have me keep going. So definitely all the supporters for sure. Yeah, definitely keep doing your thing, man. Uh, you know, the the ceiling is only the one that you create. Uh-huh. So keep pushing yourself out there. Facts. Facts. <laughs> keep pushing yourself out there, you know, and um, can't wait to hear these beats that you're making, man. I know. I, I, still really have, know. I still have to think of Alias, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Um, anyways. Me and Justin made this ignorant-ass beat. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, besides that, no. That's <laughs> cast. Um, yeah, so before we head out, I uh, want to shout out to my bro, uh, Miko, my power. Hey. Hey, man. Love you, brother. Soon to be father. Soon to be father. Um, big uh, big news ahead for you. And I told you I was going to shout you out because I love you. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, this is the Free Love Podcast episode Tell number two. How, how many times we're going to try to do it a month? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before, you know. Um, we head out We're gonna plan to do this show Twice a month Second and fourth week of the month word, word. Oh man uh, I will save conversations For the next podcast but Cause you and me Did something similar to this Kind of show before And we'll touch on that room next time yeah, yeah. Shout out to Room Service oh, Radio Man yeah. those, those are another stories That we yeah, can go yeah, over for but, sure. um, yeah, we're planning to do this two two times a month, second and fourth. Uh, uh, I don't know what day we haven't locked a day yet, but where where do you want to plug the uh, where they can find still on Mixcrate? Mixcrate for now. So www.mixcrate.com slash tunai t u t n a i. Also the email address also. I kind of botched that. Actually, it was mixcrate.com slash the number two. NAI, I said T. <laughs> the number two NAI, and you can find our first podcast there. You can find this podcast there. Um, another mix that the homie Drufio made along with Cass. And you can basically find a lot of um, upcoming lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of content coming up soon. Um, and yeah, this has been the Free Love Podcast episode two. Thanks for rocking with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we out. Free love.